Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to We Three Kings. It's Boggs here again. Before we get started, just thanking you all for listening. It is episode six. Now we're back from the offseason break. We're back from Dallas. And we've got a ton to recap, a ton to look at in North America, and we dive into the international scene as well. Now, before we do get started, though, just want to ask on behalf of Laz, Nate, and myself that you guys do give us those five-star reviews on your podcast platform of choice. Follow, comment on the podcast as well, or... If you want to go take a peek at the YouTube video and give that a like as well, head on over to BogCS YouTube and uh, catch episode six of We Three Kings. But without further ado, folks, thanks for listening, and let's get in to episode six. Welcome to We Three Kings. Welcome to We Three Kings. Welcome to We Three Kings. What's up, everybody? We Three Kings are back. It's been a while, off-season hiatus, but we are back in the saddle, back in action again. It is great to be back with you, gentlemen. Laz, Nate, how you guys doing? Doing good, man. It's uh, It's been a long time. Super long time since Dallas and uh, then we said our goodbyes and we really did say goodbye. Hey, but it's good to be back. It's been a long break, a very long break. We met up. Yeah, as you said, at Dallas and then everything shut down because it's a month long break. But now we're back. Now Counter-Strike's back. And I'm very excited to talk about all of the changes that have happened in this last off month, quote unquote. Yeah, it's been a weird off month. There's been a lot of changes and shuffles. So we mentioned the last thing we did and pretty much the last thing anyone did before the offseason break. Yes, there has been blast since then. There has been IEM Cologne play-ins, but IEM Dallas was the last big event we had. And why don't we just kind of review things? Because we were there in person. We got to see that amazing ancient game, which, mm. in my opinion, one of the best land matches in recent memory. Dude, that was insane. Like, I mean, that what was the final score? 31 to 28. I mean, that was uh Something probably one of the Yeah, that was insane. Like, I I think that's actually one of the highest records in like a long, long time, right? I so I mean say it was somewhere in the top five or six on yeah. land ever. 31 28, yeah. Yeah, that's insane. Like, I mean, man, that was so fun though. Like just seeing like the whole atmosphere and everybody cheering and everybody just like getting excited. Like that game was wild. Like that literally felt like the grand final and you're just like, there's more after this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The, the second day of the grand final wasn't as exciting. I, I am happy that the team I felt that deserved it, got it because ends after going through that slog definitely deserved it. Uh, but there was already a good crowd before that. And they got a beautiful game, which was probably one of the hypest, uh, Games in a long time in general, and of course, being there in person and seeing it, it was unreal. It really was, and the crowd delivered too. The crowd was loud. It was cheering for everybody. It never felt like a library in the arena. There was always noise. There was always some sort of action going on, some sort of response. The seats were really well filled too. I was very impressed with the turnout we had in North America and just personal soapbox here. I think that bodes well for hopefully more events held in North America in the future. If Dallas can show up and that wasn't just a crowd from Dallas, a lot of people traveling in from Canada, from the rest of the U S 
trying to be there is the one event we get right now. So people wanted to be there. The crowd delivered. And I hope the players liked it. I hope that we get more in North America, at least one more event. We don't even get IEM New York anymore. So give us something. Give us one more big event, please. Would yeah. be good. We show up. We're not quiet here. Dude, no, no, it, like for sure. It's definitely a staple. Like it has to be an event every time. Like I feel like even the, the pro teams and stuff are saying it's really good too. So I mean, it's not like just an NA bias that we like it. I mean, I think it definitely delivers and is becoming that staple, but... I do agree. It would be nice if we could have another landmark, you know, an A event sometime in the rotation of events. But I think that's just going to be time will tell. And obviously with, uh, you know, things that are on the horizon with, uh, you know, Counter-Strike, we uh, <laughs> we could see some things, too. Yeah, I think especially uh, a key to success and in, in making a great event as well as like piggybacking on a dream hack like they did for Dallas. Yeah, it is considered like separate. They call it IEM versus dream hack, but piggybacking it onto something like that makes it so much more fun. Give you so much more to do outside. Like you got some cool art that I put up on my wall, and you can't even see in the background right now. Uh, kind of see it, but you can kind of really see it. It's very blurry. Uh, but you got to do like all sorts of cool stuff. I got to meet a lot of cool people that wouldn't we wouldn't have gotten to meet at like a normal Counter Strike only mm -hmm. event. Um, we met each like other. Yeah, we met each other. Yeah, that's true. That, that's very true. Um, so I feel like just piggybacking and, and combining with events like that could help offset some of the costs and also make it a far more exciting thing and probably, you know, bring some more attention to Counter-Strike as well to, in NA because I feel like, as people talk about, NACS is kind of in a rough spot. Yeah, rough spot might be an understatement, although that's something that we've been saying for how many years now? <laughs> Quite a while. At least three. So... It's been it's been a really rough few years in North America. Now, before we really move on and get to the meat and potatoes of this episode, do you guys have any any teams that really stood out to you at Dallas that kind of underwhelmed or disappointed? There were a ton of roster shuffles in post Dallas in the offseason. There's somewhere I think I want to say around six teams maximum that did not make roster changes. Which teams do you guys think underwhelmed at Dallas? And which teams do you think have even more expectations now after those roster changes that were kind of forced because of this tournament? Go ahead, Nate. Um, I mean, G2 didn't have the best of performances. They didn't make it through uh, their... Did they make it through their group? I don't even know. I'm trying to look at this. They made a playoffs. playoffs. They did. They did make it to playoffs and lost to phase. Okay. Uh, Mouse did pretty well in fact they punched above their weight class i think the team that really kind of bombed out that most people would not have expected was furia and that's the biggest one and i think they have very high expectations coming out uh, into this new era of counter-strike because they have fallen because they have that mentorship that infamous name i feel like there's a lot of eyes on furia and there's a lot of pressure to perform now but uh, they really aren't having too much success as far as i know mm -hmm. yeah i feel like um feel like the big conversation at that time too was like phase i feel like they were kind of like around everywhere i mean they they clearly did quite well like i mean they came third like third fourth but i mean their their results were kind of shaky i felt like and they were kind of in a weird spot where they were like having good games but like some really big slumps but uh obviously i'm biased i think mouths were you know the big surprise for i think everybody like they again like came out of nowhere made it to the grand final a bit of a blunder of a grand final like with a 16 9 16 10 loss but again still pushing to a grand final or something haven't done in forever is pretty pretty insane to put in uh, perspective as well but um i think them and ents were obviously the the clear teams that were like really impressed me just considering like they both like i didn't expect them to go this far 
but they did. I mean, Mao's that was dead team buff right there. Yeah, it was. Yeah, 100%. no pressure. Just have a good time, boys. Have a go. And boy, did they with that second place finish. That game against Tarok they had too was fantastic. Did not compare to N's phase, which was the grand final in my mind in terms of how good that event was. But the teams that disappointed me too, I think Liquid has to be added to that list. Yes, it was yeah. Nitro's last hurrah, but coming in on par with a complexity team that was not exactly playing to the best of their capabilities at the time is not inspiring. And that did lead to some changes with Liquid, which we will get into in a just a little bit. So that one's coming up in probably the next 45 seconds or so. Yeah. But OG as well, another one that struggled. Cloud 9-2. All four of these teams in this 7th to 12th place area right here in the middle, Cloud9, OG, Complexity, Liquid, all made what not quite fire sale changes in terms of complexity, but some big, big changes, some core changes, really, to a couple of these teams, OG and Liquid in particular. And with that, why don't we look at the Cologne play-ins? Because we did have Liquid, we did have Complexity, and we did have OG competing in this tournament. And some of these teams did have success. Some of these teams, not so much. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll just start with the obvious one. I think uh, I know you want to talk a lot about this too, Boggs, but I think complexity obviously is a is a big you know big highlight for us. I think a lot of uh, that NA bias kicks in a bit too because again, this was a team that they they kept to their strings about staying NA for the most part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can see it right here. Boggs is kind of hovering and everything, but like I, yeah. The results are just really unfortunate. Like they're just not able to, you know, get some wins. They're not able to scrape things through. They had a 19-17 loss to Fnatic, but I mean, again, like we're just not kind of seeing that same result. It is a new team, essentially, with a liege being thrown into that. But I mean, I, I'm excited that Complexity stayed NA. To be honest, I think that's kind of been like their blood since the beginning of their iteration of Counter Strike, even back in 1.6. So it's it's good to see. But I'm I'm hopeful there'll be more time for sure. Yeah, I think Complexity is uh, the team that we're all kind of hottest on. They made the strongest move on paper. They picked up Elise, one of those long-time mainstay names in NA, replacing a younger gun in, Fe uh, in Fang. And so I like the idea. They aren't really jiving yet together. I think give them more time, and it should be something more exciting. Uh, complexity, though, I was definitely hoping for a lot more coming in from mm -hmm. the plans. Yeah. Well, now, was this game what kind of gave us that hope, though? The nip? Yeah, that win over nip. It was close. It was hard fought. But at least in my mind, this was the game where I'm like, oh, okay, this team might actually do something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then... Blundered. Yeah. I mean, then, like, for people that can't see, like, I mean, that was a 2-1 win for complexity. And, like, let's just put in perspective, it was a 16-14 loss, 16-12, 16-13 win. And then it was pretty much just straight losses. They got another map win against or, uh, Nip, sorry. But then it, and then again, they lost to Nip in a 2-1 fashion. But that game, that, the, the, the new game was insane, too, because, again, the scoreline was 22 to 20. And that was, again, just coming down to critical mistakes. But they've been pretty much on a losing streak since that, you know, best of three against Nip, uh, you know, the last time around. So it's tough because, I mean, it was really exciting at first. But now we're kind of still seeing that mixed result. But they had to play Vitality second, like. That sucks. Like you're playing with like the number one team in the world, essentially. So you're like, okay, fantastic. 
Yeah, no. Uh, Vitality probably one of the hardest teams to go against. A team that literally made an unforced move because of how good it, it, it was. <laughs> like, uh, they're going against probably one of the strongest teams right now in general. Vitality are kind of insane. Uh, and honestly, you know what the funniest thing about uh, Colonus to me, about in general everything, is it's G2. It, because they were they were making that point of not making a roster move, and they were boasting about it on Twitter during the offseason. <laughs> like, yeah, no, we're sticking with Hooksy. We're sticking with everybody. He's staying here, and he's sticking with us. And then they're like the weakest team coming into it. Yeah. But I got to say, though, like quickly, is that I'm actually really impressed they didn't switch to the roster because I think when we were at Dallas, there was a huge conversation about Hooksy felt like he was out and he was playing like crap. And he just I think he was just mentally checked out like, OK, I'm out like they're not going to keep me anymore. And then they're like, no, like we actually want to keep you. So that to me was a big shock, but I'm also really happy they, they kept it. And then they almost fumbled the bag entirely against the team that we're going to talk about. <laughs> I mean, on that note, is Hooksy really the problem? Or is it Hunter not performing as a star player role? Uh, I think it, it could be a bit of both. Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, the, the funny thing is, too, when you li listen to Hoosie in the interviews, like, he was joking. He's like, look, I got Nico and Monacy. Like, I, I literally have some of the best players in the world. So, like, I got to start winning these games. So, it's like, <laughs> he, he recognizes all the tools he has. It's just figuring out how to make it, you know, really run really well. But, yeah, yeah it's just still so many gaps in their, in their gameplay. It's just, it's weird for such a high-caliber team. Now, there is an elephant in the room. As usual with North American Counter-Strike, there's never not an elephant in the room. This time, it's not EG. In fact, <laughs> hats off to EG for doing the right thing, even though they didn't want to, even though they tried every other possibility besides doing the right thing. They did the right thing, and they're actually not doing bad. Amazing how it works when you use the North American talent in the pipeline that you built the Blueprint Project behind. Anyways, Liquid... Our traders, I was going to wear my liquid shirt. I have a liquid shirt with the Canadian flag, American flag, Brazil flag logo, you know, from the, I think it was the uh, 2018 Ball Berlin days. major throwback there. I don't ever want to wear that anymore. Mm -hmm. Screw liquid. I don't enjoy liquid anymore. <laughs> at least, no. you know, at least they did the respectable thing. Bogs. At least they did the respectable thing. They left NA and gave us our spot back. Okay. True. They left us yeah. our spot at the very least. They didn't stay in NA and try to hog one of our major spots or other qualifier spots. They went to EU with honestly some very weird talent that I did not expect <laughs> them to sign and have suffered. And they deserve yeah. it. Right there. Yeah. Twelfth. I mean, what? Who did they lose? I think, feel like they lost a big. They lost to uh, they lost to Astralis first, and then they lost a bit. Oh, uh, no, beat they beat nine. big, they beat and then big, they, lost they lost to nine. nine. Yeah. Astralis is actually looking really good, though, on that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're looking great. Yeah, that, and that's even a good move as well. Like, I know Glaive got kind of the, the boot, which I think was really good. necessary. And, and, and I mean, it kind of comes back into, like, I know we're hopping around here a lot, but I think it comes down to that, even that same conversation about Elyse, because, yes, it's really frustrating that Liquid have uh, kind of moved away from their staple as a, an NA team, kind of like Complexity. But I'm also kind of glad, again, to see, like, Elyse, like, moving to a new team, giving a refresh because i mean after time like you start to get really comfortable you're not really playing to your fullest potential and sometimes honestly the change of scenery can make the biggest difference in the world and i think we're kind of seeing that mm -hmm. i mean and, and you're hovering over right now liquid and, and oc and it's like if oc's top fragging and like putting up bigger numbers than everybody else it's very worrisome right now for for liquid it's it's hard to be a fan to be honest i don't know if 
I would consider that worrisome necessarily. I think it's good that OC's actually performing yes. well because he's performed very well under this new roster. Mm-hmm. But it is concerning that nobody else is there with him. And the most concerning part, at least of this nine game, is Yakindar negative nineteen. And he's supposed to be one of your. He's supposed to be. He's supposed to be literally one of the star players, like yeah. with NAF. And I mean, I know he's IGLing, but it's like, man, like if you're gonna get affected that much, it's like, not worth it. Not worth it. Like you're too good of a player, and his aggression is, is just so noticeable, right? So. If we're seeing big numbers like that dipped, yeah, Liquid's going to struggle for sure. Yep. I don't even know what to say about Liquid. I'm, I don't. Uh, I hope that they're paying those players a lot less in salary because they have lost a lot of money in merch sales. A lot of money in merch sales. Mm-hmm. And now Complexity are going to get it. Placements too. Yeah, they're going to lose the placements. They're going to lose the prize money. They lose a lot. Of, a lot of the merch sales. So how is this company going to go positive? Because this feels like their flagship team or one of the main flagship teams and. Now they don't have NA behind them. They don't have NA's pockets anymore. So sad. Yeah, and that's one thing. North American fans do support their orgs. Yeah. A lot, especially Liquid. I've said it kind of here and there throughout you know, the, the, the lifetime of this podcast, but I don't view Liquid as an NA org. I never did because they played in EU so much and they only boot camped in EU and they never came to play in NA qualifiers because they didn't have to. But now I get to actually say they aren't an NA org anymore. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, I'm I'm so happy that Complexity kept that NA stamp because again, since I was a kid, like they always have been pretty much 99% of the time an NA org. I mean, I think there was one time in 1.6 they picked up like Fallen's Brazilian team, but again, that was like something very different. But it's always been an NA grassroots team, and I think that's what we need. And I'm glad to see they kept that going. Yeah, as far as I can remember, Complexity's always been NA through and through. Yeah, 1.6 go. Source, and, yeah, everything. Yeah, source. I forget source exists, but no, it's okay. It we all do. Exist. <laughs> Let's just forget about it. Yeah, Adren would kill me if I said that. But <laughs> <laughs> anyways, I mean, we already got betrayed by Cloud Nine, but they actually made a good team out of it. Oh, the hype around Cloud Nine is unreal. Like, I'm what excited they for him. Did in the off season is blockbuster. They're like they're being hyped as like the new number one team. They they don't get that full five at Cologne, which is very sad because I wanted to see them win until playoffs. If they make playoffs, oh, I didn't yes. know that. Yeah, there's that an asterisk. Sense. So there is a hope. Yes, that that team has the biggest skill ceiling though. Like the potential is just it's there. Like uh, like uh, that team, I'm actually super excited for. Like I like Cloud Nine as a like an organization, but like. I wasn't really following the other team. I just, nothing really attracted me to them. But now that they made this switch up, I think this is really good. Like Perfecto being there, Electronic, man, those are some of the best players in the, in the world. So it's pretty exciting to see. Especially freeing Electronic up to Rifle again. Mm-hmm. Huge. That's where you get really scary. Because back before he started doing all the IGLing work for Navi, the man was one of the best riflers in the world. Arguably a better rifler than Simple, who was still a top three rifler. You take away his op at that period of time. Yeah. Nowadays, it might be a different story, but you put Electronic into a good team with a good environment. That team is going to thrive off of him. And Cloud9 have set themselves up to challenge a Vitality roster, which arguably has gotten stronger with the addition of Flames, who has been a great talent for a multitude of years. Going back to 2016, 2017, playing in advanced on all Israeli rosters and absolutely carrying those teams. Now he's finally got the shot with OG, moves up the ladder to a much bigger team. 
I think that Vitality has made themselves a very good contender, and heading into CS2, we see ourselves with two very strong teams at the top in Vitality and Cloud9. The question is, can anybody else even hold a candle to what those two teams are capable of? Mm-hmm. Who's who's IGLing Cloud9 now? Is it is it Hobbit or is it Electronic? Is that I part I was a little... Hobbit. I, I thought it was too. Like I thought Hobbit was kind of taking the reins so that Electronic can play back to his old style. And then maybe second IGL, which would, I think would make sense to be honest. But that's honestly just looking at this team, like you can't you can't ignore Shiro, man. Like he, uh, like an incredible opera. And then you're talking about Exile, like the guy is just a beast with the rifles. It's like you're literally putting Electronic and Exile together with Perfecto, and he's pretty clutch. So yeah. I mean, like again, this team is exciting. Like I am very excited to see when this team can actually start getting some games in and like officials because. Yeah, I, I, it's just hard to ignore this team now. They're they're definitely going to be a top three team. They have to be. If they don't, he, there's something wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Keep in mind as well, we're kind of mixing a lot of the old with the new. We still have that phase roster that really looked to make the most of that break. It felt like they were limping into that month off. We had that Cloud9 that looks very hot on paper. Vitality as well with that one minor addition. I call it minor because there's only one player, but it's still a big addition in Flames. Mouse is looking incredibly good as well. They went into uh, Dallas with nothing to lose, and they picked up Shuhei, who was the big performer overall in that yeah. very same tournament. He was from Gamer Legion. That's a big pickup, and they're now going head-to-head Vitality and Mouse. Uh, that's what, Monday? That's so tomorrow. tomorrow. At 3.30 in the morning. Maybe I'll wake up for that. Who knows? Heroic has stayed the same. Heroic is still dominating. Uh, Entz is awesome. As always, yep. we talked about them winning and Dallas coming out hot and then keeping the same roster going through. Like, it's a lot of the old and the new. I want to see what Vitality can do, what Mouse can do. Uh, G2 phase is going to be interesting because it's two of the it's two rosters that actually stayed constant throughout that mm-hmm. offseason, which is a rarity, as we talked about. So there's a lot of things up in the air. There's going to be a lot of shakedowns in that top 20. There's already been a couple of shakedowns as, you know, uh, it's just been changed by technicalities, by players leaving. And it's going to have an even bigger shakedown after Cologne, for sure. And after Cologne also brings up some big questions, because that also brings into play CS2. And what the heck is going on with CS2? We got the opportunity to do some DM with it at Dallas. It felt clean. It felt like I was hitting headshots I normally wouldn't on go. So I don't know if that was just placebo effect or not. <laughs> But, Nate, you've actually had access to it for a little bit now. Laz and I are still in the dark, on the outside looking in. Yep. Is it all it's cracked up to be? You know, I got the, I got the, the overpass edition. That was when I first got added. So I haven't had access for too long. And, of course, the the, the matches are really subpar, I'll be honest. I, I, I am global, and the people you play with are anywhere between Nova and... No big deal. Guardian. No big deal. I'm saying I'm running circles around people. I'll say it. Um, Sprays feel harder, so in that way, it does feel more Valoranty. I think it's like there's a fireball on the AK, like a big, big fireball. The tracers can be distracting, and so I feel like it messes with everybody's spray. Everybody says they cannot spray in Counter Strike Two. Um, player collisions feel very odd, is what I'm noticing. It's like when I run into my teammates or when I drop on somebody's head, it feels weird. It feels a little bit floaty. Or floating than Counter Strike does. Counter Strike kind of jitters you around. Instead, it feels like you kind of float away from them, and I don't really like it. Um, but 
I feel like the biggest question is when does CS2 at least go open beta? Because I feel like every single update they've released has been a test for something. So the first map was Mirage. Make sure everything works. Make sure there's no crazy bugs, which there were. That's why they ran Mirage. Then they did Nuke, right? It was Windows. It was Doors. That was the big addition. Version? Was there a Dust 2 version? I think Dust, Dust yeah, 2 first. Version. Dust 2 first. Dust 2, then Mirage. What did they do to Mirage? Mirage. Well, it's just they visual. Yeah. Oh, they, they have did. done Mirage. They did like visual visual changes, slight minor map but, but, changes. But was there a beta? Was there a beta for Mirage? Yeah. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. yeah. A dedicated Mirage beta. Okay. Yeah, remember the you could go in the you can go in the sky. Like you could do that dumb like oh, yeah. on the yeah, railing yeah, and you yeah, just yeah. on cat and you could just yeah. I remember Jojo was just like or coach or no, Jojo, yeah. He's abusing yeah, the crap out of that. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. That was hilarious. Um, but it feels like every update they add, they they're testing something. So like the windows for for office and for nuke, the door for uh nuke. Now they're testing the water physics. Mm-hmm. What else do they have to test? I think at this point they've kind of tested everything. So it's just balancing and gunplay, really. So I thought they should be doing like a honestly a public stress test would be my next call. Like yeah. Open it up to the public. See if your servers can handle five gajillion people on the servers, like everybody's going to do when the game comes out, and then go from there. I can't imagine it's going to be too much longer before we just have an open CS2 beta, and then we're well on the way to a late summer release of the full game. Well. I was going to say the biggest thing is like, I think when we move into like the esport act aspect of this too, is like, again, you have to figure out when does all the tournament organizers switch officially to CS2 because right now we're still going now back into go because there's been such a delay. But I mean, that's going to be the weird transition too. Cause I know like, you know, ESL's kind of made comments about, we want to wait things out. We want to wait for CS2 so that we can like not have a weird, you know, mid season rotation. And I don't know, we're, we're all kind of in a weird spot right now, but I know back in the day when we did, you know source to go like it was pretty much they did both games that for you know i think for at least a season or two and then they transitioned as, like exclusively to go which i don't know if we would do that now since the game's supposed to be that much closer to the same version but it's gonna need tweaks i think we all just have to accept that that's the thing if it comes out and esport ready i guess right i mean isn't valve's plan also to basically 86 cs go one mm-hmm. cs2 yeah. is ready to go so it's not like we're gonna be able to run both games at the same time true unless they do a full beta version if not, we might just be stuck with a mid-season transition, which would suck for everybody. Yeah. Especially because they change all the commands. That's the biggest thing to me. Like, every command, because they rewrote the code from the ground up, is different. A lot of the commands are not simply just not the same. So how do you reconcile that? Unless you keep all the commands for, like, production intentionally identical, it's going to be a major growing pain. Oh, and so I'm, gosh. Yeah. Wait. That reminds me. Because they got rid of, like, multiple commands, like, chaining together... Yeah, that makes a lot of lerps impossible, just like based in like the thing itself. I don't know if the HL, uh, HLAE folks are going to be able to figure out a way around it, but that breaks a lot of like minor static stuff that you can do. Static like lerp jumps. Ah, yeah, it's going oh, to suck. Uh, well, that's the thing, though. Like, I feel like I-, I think they're doing the test right now to making sure like the game can run and like play decent. But I think we all have to agree and be in that point i think that we have to be accepting that there's going to be some changes and there is going to be some you know adjustments and tweaks and and all these like annoyances that are going to be the release like even if it is going to be like right in the gate you know being like cs2 only but we have to know that right and then that's where the you know valve essentially their support team has to be ready to go with constant updates and being ready to go with with big um bug fixes because i mean they seem like they're doing it but they're going to have to put all hands on deck and figure it out, especially when we get like all the general public and all pros now getting themselves into this game. But 
I'm excited for it. Truthfully, like my buddies have it, you have it, Nate, and uh, been watching it, and it it does look really good. And it's not like over, you know, dramatic of a change of a game. Obviously, visually, it's going to be nicer, but it's still going to be the same premise, and nothing has been, you know, sacrificed to be, you know, more trendy or whatever you want to call it, or modern in the state age of esport games, I guess. I feel like they've added those those fun ideas, like the the weapons, the light pistol, heavy. I feel like all Dude, the buyback, interesting. The, the selling is a good quality oh. of life. Good lord! I, Finally, I, I want to be able to run my Negev, though, man. How am I supposed <laughs> to have fun with a Negev if I have to sacrifice something good for it? I I can't remember who Negev's it was. A light weapon. Yeah, exactly. You but look, drop like a, drop your bison. I know. I don't know who it was, and I'm not gonna leave. But I'm gonna leave him nameless. Shotguns. Oh. I don't know, man. I, I kind of think it's cool. Like, I think that opens up the conversation more guns are going to be added and more different like options and everything, too. And it makes it like more apparent what needs to be changed because people aren't even considering it for their wheel. I can't believe I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, well, it's called, it's not called Twitter anymore, but whatever it's called now. <laughs> um, the Elon Elon app is uh, like I saw somebody write like I can't believe they added the buyback and the sell that ruins the game. You should you should get punished if you make a bad purchase and stuff like that. And I was like, I, I feel like you're the only person in the world that feels like this. But I know that tweet just exploded and everybody was just like, how do you feel this way? This is the best quality of life update in the world, because sometimes you misclick. Sometimes like, you know, the the wheel was super buggy at times. Like I still do it once in a while. And you're like, you just kick yourself because you're like, well, I have to run this now. This changes up your whole strategy. So I, I think it's like one of the best yeah. things. I will say I kind of sympathize. I feel like. I did honestly like not being able to sell. Hmm. No, because you actually have to be careful. You can't just be like, bah, 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 and you're done. It's if you That's make a mistake, to be. good luck, have fun. And then learn the numbers on the wheel, dude. Like, I feel like it was a much needed. Like, there's half the time where the wheel would be broken and it would automatically open you into a wheel. So I'd try to click the rifle wheel, but the SMG wheel was already open and I'd buy a bison. <laughs> I kind of had that issue. <laughs> I miss the dude. I'm from the days where in 1.6 you had to buy ammo. So you buy the gun, you had to buy clips. Man, like a part of me kind of misses that because there was even like a technique to that too. Because like you could buy the rifle, but you'd have to like be strategic about like getting your clips and you're like, hey, I only got enough for like two clips and I don't have enough for like spamming and doing all this other stuff. But that's a whole other thing. I'm sure people will flame me for that. But anyways, that's a whole thing I like. But old, old boomer. I kind of like that idea at the same time. I hate it. Yeah. It made a huge difference, right? Like if you bought an op, you're like, okay, I can only have an op that had like back then it was 10 bullets, obviously, but you're like, okay, well, do I buy more ammo? Probably not. But now with the op being five, you're like, ooh, okay. But I don't think they'll ever bring that back. But I mean, the boomer side of me would just say, I'm all for it. Gotta be more technical cool. to your shots. I know. <laughs> Sus. I know. I know. I mean, I think it's, I think it's going to be sick. I think it's going to be growing pains. I'm most interested to see what happens with, with ECL. Because it's probably going to happen yeah. mid-season. Let's be honest. It's going to be ugly. It's yeah. going to happen uh, mid-game, probably. It's going to happen like, mid-broadcast. On a Tuesday probably. night, mid-broadcast, it's just going to be Counter-Strike update. Somebody's going to disconnect because it always happens. It's going to be uh, CS2 is launched. So, yeah. uh... Uh... You know... It's gonna be, yeah, between maps 1 and 2. So uh, I'm curious on your guys' thought on this too, because like I, I've, a lot of people have asked me this like privately, and I, I don't really know the answer. Is like, do we, do we think like CS2 is going to change the landscape a lot? Like, I think this part of me thinks that there'll be a big blow up, and people will be really excited to get back into it. 
but it makes me wonder because the game's not that much different. Like the game is still the same, which is good. I think that's what makes it a good esport. But I'm wondering if it's going to be enough to bring in more TOs and more like, you know, opportunities for that tier two, three scene to like work their way up into the ranking, I guess. Um, here's what I'll say. I think the bigger deal with that is uh, people are realizing that other t- other games and organizers for other uh, events that they're in are not as sustainable as other organizations once thought. And so other fronts will dry up leading to more people either coming back or trying Counter-Strike. I think we're going to get an influx of people from that more so than from CS2, but CS2 just acts as a lantern to draw in those moths, those metaphorical moths. At least an NA at the very, at the, at any rate, because salary and sustainability is a bigger deal here than in pretty much any other country. Mm-hmm. Like what some countries will consider, hey, you're well off. We're like, yeah, I'm scraping by here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, for sure. It's it's such a different premise than it used to be. Like, again, making myself sound like a hundred, but you know, like when, when I used to play and compete and stuff, it's like, it was just pure passion, right? There wasn't money. Like it was all about, you enjoy the competition in the game and it was all about bragging rights. And don't get me wrong. Like pros definitely deserve to be making a salary. They're traveling, you know, doing all these things. I get it. But there also has to be that correction of people expecting to, you know, be making like crazy money at tier three and two or like some decent money at tier three and two. It's like, look, like you're not, you have to prove yourself. You have to go through the grind in some degree here, in my opinion. But there also used to be a lot more leagues back in my time when I used to play. So um, I hope we get that again. Like, I hope we get more divisions and we get more teams that get themselves involved because that'll be exciting. But I got to say, and I don't know how you guys feel about this. I think it's got to come down to the, the like the matchmaking system in CS2. Like, because we both, I think we all know that CS goes is pretty much dog water. And Valorant definitely beat them on that. I think that's the only really good thing I could say about Valorant, in my opinion. I mean, a lot of Valorant pros hate it, though. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing. I don't think it's possible to make a good matchmaking. True. Mm. Better than CSGO, though. There has to be a better one than CSGO. Valorant proved... They proved that there can be, for sure. Better system to know how close you are to ranking up. Supposedly playing people around your rank, which I think makes sense. Or if people are on a hot streak, you're like, okay, you're going to play people on a higher rank to see how well you do. And like, there is a method to it for sure. But I like how they integrated everything in Valorant. I feel like I'm talking a lot about Valorant, but I like how they've really embedded all that into the game. Whereas I think, you know, for CS, it's always been a lot of third parties, which I think is great. But it'd be nice if there was an easier way for newer players to understand that transition to utilize those services a little bit better. Also, I think VAC Live fixes my major issue, which is cheaters. That's my biggest issue. It is not. It is not the fact that matchmaking might be a little bit esoteric and you can't tell how close you are to ranking up or ranking down. My issue is cheaters. People making brand new accounts and playing against me and reports automatically impacting my trust factor just because it's AI. Like it's it's an AI ran system. That's my biggest issue. Um, But I mean, like Valorant, when you had those top tier lobbies, you have two people from EU queuing in. And because of how public all of those lobbies were, you'd have like betting. On, on people's pub games, you'd have betting. Mm-hmm. And so people would snipe those games, get in their lobbies, and then throw so that they could win their their pets. Oh my like, gosh. Valorant matchmaking was legitimately one of the most degenerate things I've ever seen in my life. Terrible at the high level. At the mid level, honestly, every single game of uh, Valorant that I've played recently, which is you know, like three in the last six months, have been terrible. They've been so much more toxic, so much less fun. 
um, and that just be, could be my experience, but I don't think Valorant's matchmaking system was better. I think it was easier to understand, but I don't think it was better. I'd agree with that. And I will say, I have to concur. I feel like Counter-Strike MM games have gotten a lot more enjoyable on average than they had been for a long time. It feels like the community's either matured or people are just chilling out. Mm -hmm. And the last time I played Valorant, it was not an enjoyable experience, and I have not gone back to play it in a very long time. And I've had friends be like, hey, come on, just go stack with us. It's like, no, I, I really would rather not. Yeah. Because you can't even five stack. Either... I can see it. I can see a five stack being okay. I'll say that. I'm stacking with the boys. I think yeah. it would work, but... but that would require five. We didn't have five. We had four. Mm, and that meant we would go. have had to play mm. with three because you can't four stack in Valorant. Yeah. Fun game. I just think, again, like I think I agree with you both. Like I probably should have corrected how I said that, but I think it would be nice if there's a way that CS2 can embed, like face it. Well, I mean, it's not ESC anymore, but like, the face a client within the game so that we're all playing, you know, the same servers. You're doing that rank up system. I, I like, I love face it. Like it's great. It's a good system. But again, it's like getting the casuals that want to kind of push themselves more to learning those systems and using those systems where I think Valor matchmaking again was kind of a big piece for that where like you can, you know, use that tracker site or whatever and you can see how well you're doing, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I just hope that CS2 cleans it up a bit. Like I'm not expecting some like new know up-to-date crazy new thing but like it'd be just nice for it to be better than cs goes because it's it's trash it's you want to see the funny number go up and go down after each game is what mm -hmm. I'm you want to yeah. see the funny number go up and see how close you are to the next rank yeah. and stuff like that dude there's been times where i bottom frag and i rank up and i'm like how did i rank up in this game and then i like those games where i tie uh yes i feel like i feel like i have yeah and then <laughs> you and then no you, sense. and then you top frag and you like go beast mode and then it's like nah like oh, oh okay Yep. Sure. I carried, but apparently that's not enough. <laughs> I don't get it. We'll see. I think Counter-Strike's kind of going to be more the same. I feel like they like being mysterious like that. I feel like they like keeping people in the dark. Mm -hmm. And I do think there's a certain mysticism about it that I like. It almost does make you want to play one more because you're like, what if this is the one? I know. It's true. It Instead is true. Being like, I'm going to stop now because I'm burnt out mm -hmm. and I don't want to risk it. Yeah. Instead you're like, but it could be. Mm -hmm. This could be the game. Yeah. No, I, I yeah, and, and uh, honestly, uh, Nate, I think your point about like how they are like hands off or they're like a bit more in the dark. I think that's really good. Like again, we can compare the apple and the orange here of both these games, these uh, esport FPS titles. But I think there's pro and cons to both. Um, but I think the fact that we have a good ecosystem where like a lot of tournaments can you know pop up. And like all these things can happen is really beneficial, especially for, you know, younger teams that want to like get reps in and play official games and not just scrims. Cause I mean, scrims can only tell you so much, right? But when you start playing like actual matches, it, it makes a huge difference for teams to grow. And that's where we build the talent. And that's where the grassroots conversation comes into play. So I'm, I'm hoping that we will see it with CS2. I've just, I've always been kind of 50 50 with it in a way, just cause I, I'm really hopeful, but I'm also like, how much can it really push? I don't know. I feel like we saw so many TOs pop up for, for a game like Valorant when it first came out, despite mm -hmm. all of the uh, limitations that you can have as a TO in that game. So I feel like Counter is kind of going to be the same way. It's going to be a lot of smaller events. People trying to get their feet wet, you know, uh, dipping into the foray that is competitive Counter-Strike. I feel like there's going to be a pretty big path. I'm hoping for a resurgence in NA. And I think some people are already coming back. You see Steel, Q and FPL, 
see people like that from Valorant before. A lot of I think a lot of Valorant old heads have been re-added to FPL. We talked, I think we talked about that at a at a Dallas, Dallas. with um yep. with his name escapes me right now, but he's so Slove. nice. Slove. Slove. Yep. Oh. Slove. Yeah. How we could talk you forget to Slove, man? I don't know. Um because I do message him on Steam from time to time, so I do know Slove. <laughs> uh actually no, never mind. No, I don't. He doesn't follow me on Twitter, that's why. That's why I forgot who Slove is. Wow. Is it just Twitter. called X now? Do you just well, call it, it X? Just, yeah, it's called X. Who calls it X? Everyone still calls it Twitter. I know. Like I'm not, I don't think I'm ever not gonna call it Twitter. I'm gonna call it like, Twitter forever. It's it's a strong. Uh, that's now, what it is. On that note, a smart rebrand would have been X by or uh, Twitter by X, since he wants to make like this uh, giant internet conglomerate instead of just renaming the whole thing but keeping the branding. But you know, I don't have forty four billion dollars <laughs> to spend on a company, so what do I know? True. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, I mean, the stylized X is indeed owned by Xbox. So, um, I don't know if Joe Microsoft is going to give that one away for free. Let's see, dude, the best is the like. I don't know if you guys saw it on on like on Twitter, but the guy that had the handle as X and then he lost yeah, he just, it. Yeah, I mean, technically and they you keep don't offering your handle though. No, I know, they don't have but to like, offer him anything. I know, but they. But I don't know if it's a troll, but like I saw like he said he got offered like merch and then like Tesla offered him a job and stuff. And he's like, are you kidding right now? Like he expected some big payday. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't you think that's how that works. Got. You got yeah. more than you should have. Take the job offer, man. Like you're going to have a guaranteed income. Like Tesla pays know. pretty well, too. It's not easy to get into. Same with SpaceX. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of was thinking, what is he expecting here? Like a couple million dollar check or something? Like what does he think it's going to happen here? Probably expecting he, something. He thought he was going to get a few bands at the very least. Yeah, a brand or two of that Good 40 God. something billion dollars. No worry, we'll no. go on threads, boys. We'll, we'll start the, the esports oh, yeah, innovation. I'm on threads and I, I, I got my uh, secured the bag in my at and then got off it and never got back on. That's what I did too. Yeah. Amen. I've never even gone on threads. Oh, there you go. It's okay. And it's its metrics are not great. So I'm yeah. not regretting it. No, they're bad. <laughs> So okay. there are some things we are kind of rambling at this point, but there are some, are some things that I do want to talk about that we kind of have touched and not really actually dissected. Talk about liquid being turncoats. We talked about complexity kind of being disappointing despite being insane on paper, or at least better on paper. We mentioned EG and we did not say the roster, which is the roster we would have wanted them to have. I'm just going to dispel any ambiguity. It's automatic, Junior, Walco, Hext, and George. Junior did play it like tier one for a little while. He really couldn't swing with the best at that stage. I feel like him coming back now, though, is a very appropriate. Automatic was the last player who was not washed on that team. Walco, good. Hexed, okay. George, as well, specifically a player we said that needed to have a tier one debut, and he's finally having it with this roster. And of course, as we mentioned, they played against a now, you know, admittedly weak G2, right? It was a weak G2. Let's not kid ourselves. Mm-hmm. But they still got a map off of G2 and pushed in one OT. of their debut games. Yeah, and they pushed yep. OT on another one. And this could have easily been their series. Like they they, they blew it. Yeah, they lost 716 map one, 116, 13 map two, and then lost in overtime 1519. That is kind of insane, mm-hmm. especially with Junior being the one leading the team. Eco had to put the team in the backpack going plus 45. That is a crazy KD for no, he, 12. He saved Dar. them. Dude, he saved them. I watched that, dude. I watched that game on Mirage. That was insane. Like, he literally saved them. Like, but Walco was playing lights out. Like, the guy was just killing everybody. Like, he was getting entries. He was winning, like, clutches. Like, he was doing 
everything. I mean, his stats aren't insane. Like, what is that? Plus four, plus six. But I mean, it's like he had more kills than Nico that game. I know, but honestly, like he was out dueling Nico and he was out dueling these people. And you're like, what is going on? Like he would run up ramp and just get two entries instantly. And you're like, OK, I mean, this is what we're doing. So I'm excited for this team, though. Truthfully, I know we've been bashing EG for a long time. But like, thank God we're finally here with like a roster that actually can like do some work. Now it just needs time. Now I'm OK with this blueprint to get fully <laughs> printed cook. and ready to go. Yeah, let this thing yeah. cook. Yeah, honestly. Well but. Holy. We've been bashing it because this is what we wanted. That's what we wanted from, from the get-go. This is what we wanted from the outside. They had this pipeline. The pipeline has been dismantled. It was not allowed through on environmental concerns. And so they had to work <laughs> with what was left. And that was this team. Okay? This team is all that remained. This is the tiny bit of oil they got out of that veritable gold mine. And they need to make the most of it because this team is what we wanted. This is the team that they should keep around for a while. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for this team. Yeah, I mean, you um, have a major winner and four young guns. Junior has a little bit of experience with both Complexity and Furia, so he's not exactly a rookie. He's just hit a pretty big sophomore slump, and now he's coming back up to the big leagues, and we're going to see what he's going to be able to do. He's been doing quite well from the early going, from this honeymoon period of this new, if you can really even call it, new EG roster, because it's pretty much the black roster plus automatic minus rush, but... Either way, it was a good move, a necessary move for EG, and it was not their choice. It was not their own free will of their 70,000 people in management. Mm -hmm. They were forced because they didn't get any EU imports. They wanted to go EU, and this might actually be something that is a massive blessing for the EG management, which is going to satiate investors, is going to satiate their own overseers, because let's be honest... Surely the people who are putting money into this organization were watching them fail after having all this hype paying for all these players and were questioning what the heck was going on when they had four rosters on this team, on this organization. Now they're down to one and it's not even the one they necessarily wanted, but it's doing better than the ones they had before. Already EG has had better results than the e previous rosters under this regime. Just that one series against G2 is a better result than anything the old EU, old weird mix EG ever had, ever could have even fathomed. Yeah. And I think the one thing that's really exciting about this team too is, that, I don't know if you guys caught it, but I actually listened to uh, the interviews and things like that with Agualco. I mean, he's the, the IGL now, right? So it was actually him losing to G2. I mean, he was very humbled. He was just like, look, like we made some mistakes. We're going to learn from it. It's a good opportunity. I lost to one of the best teams in the world. Pushed them to the distance. I'm excited for this team. It was actually really refreshing, whereas I feel like you always hear the classic answers like, oh, we didn't hit our shots, or oh, we were off today. But he was just like, no, we dropped the bag. We dropped the bag. We should have got it. We should have done this. We'll learn from it. And it's like, I think that I think the mental just again, I know it's hard to say from one interview, but it's refreshing to see there's no ego, I feel like, or like what I maybe thought was happening before with all the the veterans and stuff like that. Now it seems like it's they know they have to work hard. And I think that's what's going to make them dangerous, potentially. A little chip on the shoulder. Yeah. Prove their worth, right? Like you said, I mean, there was a, all the EU imports that were, they were trying and these crazy negotiations. We were all hearing about the roster shuffle and the roster mania, but they went back to just kind of, you know, mixing their EG block team, just getting rid of one and putting somebody else in there. So, which was, I think, a good addition. Like, Automatic, to me, is still a really good player. He just needs to get himself in a better environment, which I think this will be that better environment for him.
I think again, we talk about George kind of being hamstrung by playing support. I think kind of at this point that what he that's what he fits best into. And I feel like George, if he's the person in your back lines, he's a scary person to have. This is I think there seems a lot of depth in it overall in terms of individual skill. Once they iron things out, once they get that exposure to tier one, it'll give them a big jump in terms of individual skill as well, in terms of individual comfortability. And I do think this EG team is something that you can be scared of given a season or two. Yeah. Yeah, the next question is, what's their next big event? Oh, it's Pro League, their next big event. Are they in Pro League? Okay, they are. They are. In, well, they're they're a partner team. That's from what the I figured. So yeah. they're in Pro League. Let's see what group they're in. I'm actually curious now. They play ends first round. Yeah, it's it's rough, man. Ouch. You never, we can't have nice things, man. You got to get tested well, against some of the good best teams. They get to play MIBR in, in round two, and they'll win that. So they yeah. could win that. They should. They already did it before. They can do it yep. again. I believe. Definitely. And then after that, it's Mauser ends though, and that's that's gonna uh, be another painful one. That is gonna be Mauser's crazy. I'm excited, dude. Like Maus ends meet in the this round here. Second round is just kind of brutal. Wearing the mouse jersey, dude. I like as a mouse fan from like way back in the day. Like, man, I am more than ecstatic for this team. I'm so pumped to see what they can do. Even watching Frozen the other day playing, like just in Blast. Like, man, he's playing good. He's playing like himself. I'm like, hey, it's good. I mean, maybe a honeymoon phase, maybe. But I mean, he just seems like way more happy. And he's like, yeah, I'm excited to see what we're going to do with this roster. And that's such a unique team, too. And they did like a bit of a not an old, full, full overhaul, but a pretty decent amount of like, you know, adjustment. And now they got to rebuild, which was so exciting about this roster mania because we've just never seen this before in such a long time, I would say. Anyways. Yeah. Jim Pat, Jim Fat. Uh, is it Jim, Jim Fat? Jim Fat? Who are the two? Him and, of course, Shuhei being the big one to me. That roster is insane. It does look like Frozen is actually showing some emotion, which he hasn't done in a long time. He seemed very mm. stoic before. Um, there's a lot of question marks for me going into this uh, season of Pro League. I'm very excited to see yeah. who comes out where. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some opportunities here for some teams to deal some damage. I think Maus is definitely one to look at. Imperial is actually looking decent, which... I'm not surprised. I mean, this is a decently skilled roster up and down, especially with the addition of Vinny. And you have Jota and Phelps together, two very yeah. good individual players. Henny can op well when he's on his game, which is a bit of an if. But when he's on his game, he's very good still. Bolts as well with a very experienced and very good coach in Zach. This team has a lot of potential. I'm not on I'm not on the Virtus Pro train anymore. I haven't been on the Virtus Pro train nah, for a very either. long time. I still think that they're one of the most fraudulent major winners in history, but <laughs> it is what it is. Heroic, I, maybe they'll be okay. I don't know if they can compete with Vitality. I don't know if they can compete with the new Cloud9. I don't know if they can even really compete with Ents. My question yeah. is how hard is Navi gonna crash and burn? Because I feel like that is a plane crash of a team. That's that's a plane where both engines caught on fire and then the tail fin was shot off. Yeah, I feel like it's a mess. I feel like they kind of just threw players together to see what would happen. And I feel like it's going to crash and burn horrendously. And they changed their identity like twofold, right? I mean, they used to be that, you know, like CIS kind of team. And now it's just everything, which is like, I mean, I'm not saying it's not in favor for it. I mean, there's a Lithuanian player in there, so I'm excited for that too. But it's like, it's just, it, I don't know, man. It's it, like you said, it just felt like they just picked players or like, hey, let's go. 
We're going to make this work. We're Navi. We're the best, one of the best teams in the world. And it's like, I don't know. And I mean, Alexi B's got a lot of work ahead of him here to, to guide, uh, you know, like someone like simple. And I even listened to him getting interviewed by James and he was like, yeah, I have a lot to work on in my attitude and I have to be accepting that this is going to take time. But like, it didn't sound convincing, but I, at least he's saying it, which is good, I guess, in some retrospect. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Was Alexi even the right pickup? I mean, that's the man that seems to be honestly the million dollar question, because I feel like a lot of people there's one side of the coin where people are saying he didn't get a lot of opportunity. But then there's this other side of the coin where people are saying he's not as good as people think he is. So then you're like, he, he's like, again, just drop the bucket. He can't, you know, get these big name teams to do much damage. Right. I, yeah. I'm kind of in the middle. I feel like this is a good opportunity to see what he can do with the tools he has. It's not going to be easy. But I mean, if he can make this team be like a top three, top five team in the world. I think he's done his job, in my opinion. I'll take I'll a lot of best Naphany any day of the week. Hmm. Uh has been banished to the, the dark pits of uh of tier five, okay? He's gone. No need to talk yeah. about him. Yeah, There's I been think... enough drama. Yeah. I wanna talk about him. I'm glad he's gone though. I'm glad he's yep. gone. This new Cloud Nine's god tier. Uh yep. Might have to get a Cloud Nine jersey, honestly. I'm not hyped, um, bro. I do want to talk about some of the more domestic stuff since we do. Yeah, I was going to say predominantly. We have kind of one to, team to, to to tighten the Overton window. Go yes, to yes. Thank you. Yeah. You're in our mind. I was waiting best, to talk about this. Best core, I would say, in ECL right now. Oh yeah, Bob's Swisher wreck is insane. Uh, speaking of ECL, I have no no idea what teams are even competing anymore in yeah, ECL. I might be able to pull up a pull up a Wikipedia page. It's on it's on it's on HLTV. It is like the, the teams listed. Yeah, like half the teams listed though, I think are dead. Like there's Strife, there's EG Black. As far as we know, that team does not exist anymore. Rush is that gone. That team does not exist anymore. Yeah, there's like like when is ECL even scheduled to start officially? August fifteenth, I think. Yeah, it's some crazy date. It's something weird. They're really waiting. So like half a month. They were gonna wait for CS two, and they said, "Eh, never mind." We're gonna go. Strive has one player listed. That's what I'm saying. Strive has one dead. player listed. XATK has a slot. I, I'll just drop this over here. There you go. That's what I was looking at. Yeah. The only story this team that I will could... still exist. Yeah, unfortunately. This team is just why. Droid versus Timberman, baby. That's my storyline yeah. going into it. This team could be okay. Eh, yeah, not bad. This team will suck. Timberman's kind of crashing and burning now. Yeah, I agree. This team has potential. Again, Red card. Yes. Another team which can do damage. Those top four are going to be fine. Well, what about like what's that? Who's this ex, team uh, is interesting. With a warning, yeah. That'll be Double interesting. Pluto, tender. Yeah. Wait, M eighty isn't listed. As that's what I mean. Are, are they? Are they? X, are they X? They're not are they X ATK? No. No. That's. I'm imagining they so, would be X ATK. But there's also rumors of a new roster with Mistum and Spray. I don't know what that is or anything. I just seen yeah, the, cryptic tweets from them. Yeah, I know. And I'm intrigued as to what that will be. I, man, I, I, I kind of hope. Like, I'm, maybe you guys might not like this. Definitely, probably not a hot take here. But I kind of would like it if, like, especially with the roster mania, like, it'd be kind of cool to see some teams fight for a spot since the season's not even starting for quite a bit of time. Like. You, you have to have M80 on this. How do you not? Maybe like, that's, that's so stupid. for? Maybe, yeah. And, like, maybe they're going to do that. X ATK. Yeah, like, I don't know. There's or a couple this? blank spots. Or, or unless they just do 
Unless they do a move up, so I'm I saying guess. There's so many dead teams. That's what I don't get. There's like EG Black, there's Pain, there's Strife, there's XATK, there's TBD. Mythic is going to exist always, although they might switch up three new players again. Who knows? Fluffy <laughs> yeah. Gamers, I think, are still in existence. Top four are going to remain because they are four good teams made in Brazil, Nouns, Party Astronauts, Wildcard, the four teams that I would say deserve to be in playoffs and have been in playoffs in the past. Uh, without warning, interesting contender, a bunch of old dogs on that team, as you mentioned. XB Hop kind of scraped by from last season. I imagine they're going to field once more. Micro being an okay pickup for that team. I don't know if it's enough to get them into uh, playoffs or out of relegation even. But there's so many. Like It's like essentially 25% of ECL up in the air, literally. Yeah, yeah. At least. Do they do move-ups, like direct move-ups? They did last year once for the first time ever. And I, I feel like this has to be another time where they do it. If they don't do some kind of like qualifier or like some piece where they fight for a spot in it, I have no idea. I actually think that would be more exciting because then it's like pre-matches before the season starts. Then you get to like see a team that fought their way into it maybe. But mm -hmm. I don't know if there's logistically time, but maybe that could delay things just because we're I think we're waiting for CS2 to come out. Well, they're that's doing obviously a big question mark too. Because it's going to be that round robin style where the bottom two teams get insta demoted. The next three go to relegation. The team after that is uh, season is safe. And then the next four teams are going here. I'll just drag the Liquipedia page over because this is kind of fascinating how the playoffs are scheduled to work. As you guys can see, it's going to be like teams straight into the lower bracket, teams in upper bracket round one, and then the top two in upper bracket round two. We got our whole on bracket over here. It's so ugly. So we got four teams instantly in here. Yeah. And the I mean, winners of that go to here. Playing the losers of this. That's weird. So how many huh. teams? So eight teams in playoffs? Uh, no, Still? 10. 10? So they added two extra slots, basically. No, uh, technically, yes. I guess. It's just how many chances more. do you get? Way less. The yeah, result is you got to fight for survival if you're mm -hmm. number nine, number ten, number eight, or number seven. Yep, these four instantly down to one chance. These two teams get to skip a whole entire game. Oh, from M80 is well. in ECL on Liquipedia. I will go by is Liquipedia. Is there an ATK? Is there an ATK? There is not an ATK. There's your answer. There There's are two, two TDs. TDs Cyrix, Seb, Lake, Wolfie, and DAJF, XB Hop there, Timberman with three players, uh, Droid's team, Spongy's team, Strife only has one, and then you have Pain's number here. three. They're going to, is Pain even going to field a roster is a big question. Great question. I don't know. There's too many questions, not enough answers, and... 16 days till the start of ECL. Yeah, typical NA fashion as well. <laughs> yeah. It done the last freaking second, yeah. It's insane, dude. Question is, how hard are we buying into the uh, M80 stocks? Because I'm pretty hot on the M80 stocks right now. Malbs dude, um, and Swisher on a team with yes. Rec as a third is insane. And also, Wolfie, who's decent, and Manx, who's an import IGL, so he should be good. And... And you, I mean, personally, yeah, I like Def a lot, like Rory, mm -hmm. the coach. Like, so I think that'll be really good. Like a, a seasoned player. 
as an IGL to coach this team. I, I'm actually pumped for this team. This is a very exciting team. And I think we've talked about this, you know, episode three or four or whatever it was, but finally Swisher gets himself like an actual decent team here. I mean, I know he didn't get to go to EU, but I mean, he's, at least he's got a pretty talented roster that he can work with and pretty competitive ones. So this is exciting for him. I'm pumped for him. And I'm hoping there's a lot of backing from M80 as well. They might be pulling out of the orange in this in this situation because of the six month off season and lack of support from Riot for the tier two Valorant scene, which M80 was in previously. There's a lot more ways to make some money in Counter Strike tier two for M80. And either way, they seem to at least have a whole season plan for this team. It's a very strong core. It's a very strong roster overall. In North America, they should have no trouble. They should have no trouble qualifying for events. They should have no trouble qualifying for challenger level events, for making a push towards Pro League. The RMRs are where things are going to get weird. And will North America actually have a team at the next major? I do not know. I don't know either. No one knows. That's the great well, mystery. Well, the next major be CS too. <laughs> yeah. It will be. They said that. Uh, I think they will be. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. But my oh, okay. point is, when is the game going to drop? Because we so can excited. have all these speculations too. CS2 can completely change the aspect of how competitive CSGO is run. Yeah. I mean, I've already laid out my conspiracy theory. I think they're caring about the esports side of things or making sure everything functions physics-wise. Every update has been something new in physics. What else do they have to test in physics now? Nothing. I don't think. So it should be now from here, like wrinkling or ironing, ironing out all the wrinkles, all those random bugs, and also doing stress tests. I feel like we're going to get an open beta sooner rather than later, and then a month after that, we'll get an actual public release. That's what I'm thinking right now. That's what I'm sticking to. But I feel like it's going to happen sooner than people nihilistically think right now. Yeah. I think there's so many rumors about like August and September and all these other things, but I think, I mean, they said summer, so and it's not like the game is that far off. Like, I've even listened to like sponge talk about it and moses and those guys and they've all said like yeah like the game the game's fine like there's like a couple little annoying things and sound was obviously the big issue when the, the beta first came out but i think they've for the most part adjusted that but i think that's always going to take some you know tlc because i mean sound i mean even in csgo like sound sometimes you're like what what the heck am i listening <laughs> to right now like, are they above me or are they below me i don't even know anymore so yeah like i think this is just we know there's a problem and it's just going to keep getting corrected which is good yeah it's gonna take some time i'm hoping it doesn't drop mid-season and completely wreck everything no pun intended but one other thing i'm hoping for is i'm hoping for a lot Nate mentioned those smaller orgs. I'm hoping for a lot of smaller TOs to make some tournaments in North America. Yeah, really. We desperately so. need it here. And that is really where EU has a major leg over us as well, is all those experiences those players can get before they get to the top level, before they're really thrown into the fire without any tempering. For a lot of North American guys, it's like, oh, yeah, you have Fragadelphia, and now... Good luck, have fun at IEM Cologne. So <laughs> there's a big difference where these guys are used to it. They're used to the environment. It breeds higher skill. It breeds a lot more interpersonal relationships as well between teams and players. Probably better for scrims when you could see somebody on land and be like, what the was that scrim last week? Mm -hmm. 
some accountability, which is something few and far between these days. Yeah. No, I, I think that was a really good point you guys brought up because I think that's what I'm hoping will happen with CS2 is having like this is having more opportunities and more TOs kind of getting themselves embedded with CS2. Because um, like Nate said, I think when we saw Valorant come out, that was definitely the case. Like a lot of people out of nowhere were making tournaments and doing their own little thing. And I, I really hope that sparks big with CS2 because that's what we need, right? And we want to attract more and more players to come into the game and, and experience why CS is one of the best esports in in the world, honestly. So the best, the best yeah. esport in the world. Yep. Well, it's behind Bias. Rocket League. Fine, Rocket League. You know, Rocket League is the perfect. Rocket game. man, Rocket League, Rocket League is Rocket League is sick, man. Like I love it. Like, like it's a cool. I watched it a little bit when we were in Dallas. Like just walking by, I'm like, dude, this is sick. Like this is actually a pretty cool. It's a cool esport, man. I'm totally buying this. Yeah, I mean, from a functional standpoint, it is the ideal esport. It's very easy to understand. Who doesn't understand knock ball into goal for point? Yeah, and it's family friendly. Like soccer there's no and cars. Yeah, it's soccer, cars, like nothing. Yeah, like just some explosions. Dude, it's easy. But yeah. CS is number one for sure. Best CS FPS title. Best FPS esport. I mean, people will probably flame this because some people will say COD or something, but nah. Without Counter-Strike and without StarCraft, there would be no Call of Duty esports. Heck yeah. That's that's my that's my mic drop right there. I totally agree. 100%. I heard it thud against the ground. It was very loud. <laughs> Hurt my ears. Your sound's too high. Oh, is it? <laughs> Guys, I think we, I think we got through all I our items. Oh, wow, yeah. we did pretty good. Well, what did I have written down? Dallas recap, CS2 updates, blast. Uh, we didn't really talk about blast, did we? No, we, we Liquid bad, complexity did. time, NAP pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, Navi, I wrote Navi need God. Is what I wrote. <laughs> yeah, we got that. Uh, Caught that. We did, we did actually get to that as well. Uh, NA shuffles, EG finally right, liquid turncoats, complexity and sand on paper, M80 enters, yep. We're good. ECL coming up, my only storyline was M Droid versus Timberman, and then yeah. a bunch of question marks. So yeah, we're good. We have a lot of question marks. We have about five question marks to be exact. Five or six, maybe even six, who knows? It's NA. Who knows? All, half of these teams could explode in the next 10 days. Yeah. That's it's going to be exciting though. It's going to be a good season though. I, I think it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what we get in the next like couple weeks. I'm more than pumped. It's going to be a good one. I think it will be. Lads, any final thoughts? I guess uh, we won't do an episode until probably I'm back, but uh, yeah, you guys are going to have to give me updates in Discord about how sexy CS is, and then I'll be really jealous because I won't be able to play it, so I don't yeah, want to come uh, home. If CS2 yeah, comes out while you're on vacation. <laughs> I kind of hope it does, just so I can come home and be like, oh yeah, playing. Les leaving for three weeks, precisely three weeks, everybody. So he's going to tell you your tell you his address so that we can keep an eye on his house for him. Uh, please tell us that now. Um, assuming that goes to plan and I don't die on the job and Boggs is still with us as well, then there will be an episode probably after that. When the heck will that be? Like, probably not end even of late September. August, like September, right? Maybe we yeah. can get one out before you go, too, depending on if there's something to talk about. True. Yeah, if anything comes up, we'll maybe we'll, uh, we'll fire up a quick yeah, episode. When, when Greyhound... When uh, Cologne, wait, no, they're not. Oh, um, <laughs> who's in Cologne? Who's in Cologne right now? Who, where is uh, not uh, Greyhound? Not Greyhound. They lost in the plan. Uh, uh, Mongols and Nine are already out. Heroics, Mongols still in. Gamer pick, Legion. 100%. Cloud Nine. 
could make it all the way through, but it's probably going to be Mal's or Vitality. No, it's going probably going to be Vitality, not Mal's. I saw Mal's right under Vitality, but I have Vitality pegged to win this event, as I think everybody else does. I got, I would say, uh, you know, G2. Seeing the G2 come back, then we'll have something to talk about. Then we'll have something to talk about for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or we'll see we can even do. talk about what actually happens with ECL. Or that too. It's true. There could be a few ECL things. Does start in mid August. Yeah. Let's wait and see. Days. Maybe we can get one out before uh, before I'm gone. That'll be good. We'll see. But that's going to wrap things up for episode six of the We Three Kings podcast. We went a little off our st- almost strict North American roots, and it was fun. Now, Liquid, not so much. They're our new enemy. EG friends, Liquid enemies. But in all seriousness, hope you guys enjoyed watching or listening to the podcast here. If you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podvine, wherever you choose to listen, please do leave us a five-star review and maybe even give us a comment as well. Be sure to like the podcast, like this video, and subscribe on YouTube to hear more good stuff and help us with that engagement with the algorithms, with the AI overlords. But on behalf of Laz and Pineapple Phillips, it's Bog signing off for the We Three Kings. Until next time, frag on. Bye-bye.